and we are back with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nick Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy G. Marino. And guys, an unbelievable conference championship week this past weekend. Crazy, crazy to say the least. And we have our finally our college football playoff is now released. But there was some major shakeups this past weekend. Yeah, um, I can't say it was too yeah. crazy, Nick, because yeah. we called some of these games. I the one, yeah, there was there was one game that was realistically crazy, but we kind of saw these this happening though. Yeah, with I two mean, of these things. Honestly, that big, the Big Twelve title game was was interesting. I, I mean, I, I thought honestly, all these games were pretty much predictable. I mean, there's only one of the games that I was like, eh. Oh, I think the nature of how the Pac-12 title game went down, I don't I think mean, anyone expected it to be like that. Oh, the fourth quarter, absolutely not. No one expected that. Anyone, anyone saying that they expected a blowout is absolutely fraudulent. Oh, 100%. No, the reason why I took Utah State plus three, not Utah State money. Um, that's not Utah State. Utah, he, Utah, caught Utah. He, caught, he caught himself. He caught himself. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it was... Uh, it was something not surprising because, like I said, uh, <laughs> Young Metro don't trust uh, <laughs> USC. Yep, and yep. especially that it was, Lincoln it was Riley. Most, I was gonna say it was mostly Lincoln Riley didn't trust. <laughs> yeah, especially Lincoln Riley. Yep, he went full. Uh, he went full Oklahoma in the uh, in the Pac-12 no, he just went game. full himself. Well, I think. Well, well, let's get into this game. So Utah against USC in the Pac-12 championship. And it looked like in the first half, it looked like you listen. The score was seventeen and seventeen, but it looked like USC was going to run away with this game. At one point, they were up fourteen points. It looked like they were going to move on to win this game and play for the college football playoff. But second half, it was all Utah. They outscored the Trojans thirty to seven in the second half, mostly due to the fact that their defense, you know, really rattled Caleb Williams in that second half. He had an interception late in the game was sacked a couple times. He even got injured at a point in the game. There's now rumors he might not even play in the upcoming bowl game for the USC Trojans, which I would imagine he won't. He's not. There's no um, shot he plays. But at the end of the day, Utah wins their second straight Pac-12 championship in convincing fashion, 47-24. to Great game from Cameron Rising. Jaquindon uh, Jackson had a big game for them as well. And the Utah Utes are going to the Rose Bowl with this Pac-12 championship win. Now, yeah. Nick, here's my question to you: Did he play himself out of the uh, out of a Heisman with this game? He's yes. still the, No, he's winning the Heisman. Yes. He, oh, okay. So this is oh. this is the argument I'm looking for. Who's winning the Heisman? I, I still roll Stroud personally. I think no. Stroud overall was a better candidate. I mean, that's that's a personal opinion. Um, I mean, Stetson Bennett might have played himself in. Max Duggan's got a really good shot. I I think Caleb Williams the only played other, his way out. The other only other person I would give it to is Duggan. I, I would give I would it give it to Duggan over Williams. I I would. I, that's the only other one. I mean, Duggan snapped. Because <laughs> I feel like you didn't hear about Stetson Bennett Heisen until the LSU Jordan no, game. No, absolutely. Stetson Bennett. Wrong, like, I, you know what? I'm gonna say it. I think it's just it's an absolute tragedy that Bryce Young is not going to New York. Uh, I don't. I that think guy it, sucks. I think it's. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, that's the Auburn bias I'm, coming not, out. We're not. We're not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not getting into this stupid conversation. the the only The only reason that he doesn't get in there is because Duggan had a monster year. Williams was really good down the stretch of the season, 
And then Stroud and Bennett, I mean, listen, they're on two teams that are in the college football playoff as well as Duggan. And Stroud did just enough. But the issue being is that Ohio State had a lot of offensive, you know, miscues down the stretch of the season, especially in that Michigan game, which really hurt them. Williams only had realistically on the season one bad game. And credit, it was the biggest game of the season for USC. But he still threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns in this game. Yeah, that's a fair point, but like you can't say, oh, well, I mean, Stroud's worst game was in one of the worst weather conditions of all time. Like, I'm not saying, I'm, no, I'm, but I'm not, I'm just I'm saying, not, like, but I'm like, that game. I'm, I'm saying, but most I'm saying, like, he had a, he had a very good season. He did. Like, I'm not saying he didn't. And I'm not like, saying he's the Heisman Trophy winner, though. I'd still give it to him over Caleb Williams. I, I don't think, like, we always talk about, oh, defenses and defenses. I mean, the Big Ten's got better defenses than fucking the Pac-12. And, like, on top of it, you look at, like... I mean, other than Michigan, who else has a good defense in the Big Ten? I mean, you guys told me Iowa was an elite I didn't defense. Say, who's you guys? I didn't say Iowa and Iowa State were both good defenses. I, don't I, really said, hear. I said Iowa State was stats. A, I didn't say they were good. I mean, but, you know, you said they were good. Um, Johnson said, you're, you keep saying you, I will, I will die on that hill that I would, I would stay. Don't drag me down. I mean, like, if you really sit there stat wise, it, I'd still say again, that they were a better conference defensively. I mean, going team by team. I mean, who's good defensively in, in the pack 12. I, I, I'm the not worse than the Big 12 defensively. I'm not saying you're wrong in that stage. I think it's just due to how Williams was down the stretch of the season compared to the other. Like I said, the only other per- quarterback I would give it to is Duggan because they oh, both think, were down the I stretch of the season were really good. And Duggan I, had a great Big 12 championship game. He's yeah. kept them in that game. That That's very fair. I'm just like Stroud wasn't the issue in that, Mich- in that Michigan game. Like, he wasn't the biggest issue, but he still did not play good, especially in that second half. I don't think he played great, but he still didn't play bad enough to say that he dropped himself out of a Heisman. I'm not listen. I'm not the only one that said that he dropped it out. A lot of people have said he's not going to win the Heisman. I personally think it, it's Duggan one, two Stroud well, I three. Think this, I think there's but, one thing we can say, and this would be the closest Heisman in recent memory. There's no yeah. really clear front runner. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I don't think there is. I think because of if Williams, if they if they had won this game, there's no debate. He's he won the Heisman. Oh yeah, hundred. Uh, well, also it depends. If he wins that how. game, yeah, there's the no game, debate. He, he's, no debate. Yeah, he's yeah. winning the Heisman. There's no he, debate. But now there's, there's a debate no since debate. he uh, since they lost. Exactly. I think I, I listen. I'm not saying it's you know clear cut. He's gonna win it. But I can't say that he lost it with that one game. But you could also, to your credit, you could also say the same thing with Stroud. I like. I think, like Johnson said, it's really, you know, very, very close. Yeah. Uh. So really, really close game between uh, the Utes and USC, and uh, thank God the Pac-12 is not getting representation. I don't want to sound biased, but that's a terrible conference. It's a bad conference. Someone will bring them back to glory, and we'll bring that up later. <laughs> I still don't believe it. Um, oh, you will believe it. 
I still can't believe that move. But, I mean, I saw Utah win this game without a problem. I just did not trust Lincoln Riley. Like, I didn't trust Caleb Williams. That's fair. They were just a team that, when you sit there and you look at, I just didn't see them being able to win that big game. I don't know. Could have just been a intuition thing. I don't know. Could also uh, be bias. Yeah, it's probably probably a little bit. Both, seen, but- listen, if anyone would know Lincoln Riley, it would be you. You've seen a lot of Lincoln Riley. Yeah, that, I mean that's a very so true. We bring up Lincoln Riley a lot, and we're talking about Grayson. So let's go to his favorite conference in the Big Twelve, Kansas State, with an absolute monumental win. I called this happening. I knew TCU was, even though they have a team of destiny. Sometimes on the road to glory, you have to have a couple bumps. You only in it. made that pick so you can see absolute chaos. Yep. Let's get, let's be real. Listen, listen. I'm a fan of chaos, exactly. but I knew Kansas State. They were getting that. I called my shot last week. That Kansas State. This was the revenge game. Well, you're right. No, it definitely was a revenge game for Kansas State. And That's I fair. can't you know, believe it didn't kick and take kick and take the points on overtime. Yeah, there was there were some questionable decisions in this game. That's yeah. Um, but at the same time. It didn't really hurt TCU. It doesn't really like Kansas State. Well, you know, it would only would have hurt TCU if they didn't make the college football playoffs. Yeah, which uh, they deserve to be there. Nobody else did. Uh, yeah, the, 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 anyone, there, there was this obviously that conversation of should they just get be taken out and Bama put in. People were it, saying that. No, that's a dumb conversation. That was I agree. a stupid conversation. Because it was Alabama's resume on paper was not as good as TCU's. No. You can say what you want about the Big 12. We know. The SEC is. We, we went into that whole conversation about the SEC is the king. We, everyone knows this. But, but the Big 12 is a solid conference. But when year. your resume is. When your best win on paper is against Texas. Texas, which is a Big 12 school, you just made your argument for TCU even better. Yep. So and Texas probably should have won that game had yours so, not get hurt. So yeah. let's talk about Kansas State. Do you think if a uh, if the injury doesn't happen so early in the year that they're in TCU spot right now? Um, personally, well, I, I think. Well, they remember they lost be. their first game of the season. Yeah, start off. So they were already zero and one. Yeah. So I, let's say let's say okay, let's say the injury doesn't happen and they go undefeated from that uh, from that first not the game. First game, sorry, the, the third game. Sorry, they lost until it, it was, was early. Yeah, yeah, it was early in the yeah. year. Yeah, so they ha- but Tulane turned out being a solid team anyway. Yeah, yeah that was, that was on paper. That's a great loss. So on paper, yeah, okay. They they lost to a top twenty team. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, honestly though, like if you look at their losses, they really weren't bad losses. No, they're no. all really good losses. Their only bad loss is technically the Tulane because they're not a power five school, but they're and still Texas, a top twenty school. No, te- you'd it, say it's Texas bad because but, it's at home. And they yeah, exactly. weren't ranked at the time. One hundred percent. That's why it's bad. Like, and on top of it, like, you would say yeah. Texas, but like Texas was so Jekyll and Hyde all year. You didn't, you didn't know what team you were going to get. You were either yeah. going to get the team that played Alabama, or you were going to get some absolute or, trash. It, there was yeah. no in between with them. So, like, I don't. Uh, you can't even really be mad at that loss. I mean, again, it's another home game that they lost, which sucks. But again, uh, they were playing. Had, they, were, they were without Adrian Martinez. I was going to say, was Martinez already hurt at that the, point? The, I was almost yeah, he, he got injured in the first, in the meeting between these two teams, Kansas State and TCU. That's what I thought. So, and that was really TCU took advantage of that injury, and they went on a on a run to win yeah, that that's game. What I'm talking about yeah. now, he was he was rumored to potentially play in this game. Obviously, did not suit up. He might play in their bowl game against Alabama, which we'll get into a little bit later on. But 
Kansas State, this is a great win for them. They win the Big 12 Championship. It's their first Big 12 Championship since 2003. So it has been a while since the Wildcats have gotten to this position. But it's a great win for them. And for TCU, listen, nothing to be frowned upon. You go 12-1 and in the season. You're still in the college football playoff either way. You now get to take on Michigan and prove to the world that, listen, this isn't a fluke. We're here to make a, a statement. Agreed. I, I mean, uh, that's going to be a preview. You know, I'm going to shut my mouth for right now. Okay. Um, that's fair. Th- this Kansas State team was a good team. I, I really, yeah. you really can't sit there and tell me they were a bad team. They played very good. I mean, they, when you have three losses and you're still yeah. in the top 10, that's yeah. saying that, listen, the, the committee is still thinking, still knows that you're a good team. Yeah. You just had some bad luck this season. Yeah. I mean, it, when you really sit there and think about it, like a lot of people shit on the Big 12, the Big 12 was a good football conference this year. They were. It, they weren't as top heavy. I would call you decent. I would no, say you probably, I would say you probably the third best conference this year. I, I was struggling. But you're, but you're, I, I'm struggling because outside of Kansas and TCU, Kansas State and TCU, the problem is Texas was like the only other ranked team. The other teams were no, so but, inconsistent. But uh, was it inconsistent or was the conference just good enough that they kept beating the shit out of each other? Uh, I don't know. That, I would say that, inconsistent. I, I mean, the same thing could be said. So, Grayson, you know what it sounds like? And I'm going to do a college basketball analogy. What the Big 12 looks like this season is what Big East basketball All looks right, like this what? season. Oh, yeah. No, hear me out. There's two top teams that dominate the conference every year, in and out, and the rest of the conference just beats the absolute living shit out of each other. I mean, and, that's you, a, and, and different years, it's usually Oklahoma, and yeah. it depends on who the number two is. Sometimes but, it's Baylor. You know right, yeah. Sometimes it's Texas. Sometimes it's Iowa State. Yeah, Every you have that was number one TCU team, and then you have, you have that mainstay number one team that always keeps everyone else legitimate, yeah. and then you have these interlopers every couple of years. I mean, I would just say, like, you want to talk about top heavy? I mean, the Big Ten was extremely top heavy. Oh, without a doubt. Like, yeah, I, the ACC was irrelevant. I don't even count that as a conference. Was, yeah, it was really Clemson. Um, Clemson wasn't even that big, good. And the Pac-12 wasn't really that good of a conference either. Yeah, that's why I said the Big uh, Twelve. I think is the third best one because I think Ohio State and Michigan bring up the rest of that conference. But I don't know I'm, if it's fair with the Pac-12 because Oregon wasn't bad either. I would. Say, I think. It, I think it's more of. I think the Pac-12 was more of that everyone beating up on each other because USC it looked like they were dominant and they get beat up by Utah Oregon looked like they were going to be a player they couldn't win big time games same thing for Utah Washington was also in that conversation Oregon State yeah, was also I in mean, that I conversation UC I mean, I was also in that conversation there was a lot of good teams in the back I don't know I just felt like the Big 12 football overall was solid this year yeah no but no one's gonna take that away from the Big 12 this year they had a solid year um I just think there are a lot of teams like Texas. Texas should have been a better team than they were. Um, Texas probably should have been in this Big 12 championship game. 100%. But, you know, shit happens. It, it's football. You never know what you're going to get in every, any season. All right. So, um, I, moving on, I mean, I guess we could. I don't know if you guys are ready to move on to the next game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. actually just about to kind of yeah, break that I'm, up anyway. So, it kind of read my mind. I want to talk about. Staying in the SEC, the number one conference, or going to the SEC, uh, Georgia destroys LSU. It, wow. It wasn't I'm even a game. pretend to act surprised. I mean, listen, here's the thing about this game. LSU could have could have covered in hindsight. They had a lot of early mistakes in this game. A blocked field goal in which they didn't even bother to tackle 
the Georgia defender, they just let him walk into the end zone. You gotta be, I mean, that, you gotta be heads up when something like that happens. The ball is alive. You have to know that that is a playable ball. It could be run back for a touchdown. Georgia you know, takes advantage on, of that. That's on Brian Kelly too, because he uh, didn't know that was going on too. Yeah, I mean, listen, that that that's definitely fair. I mean, and Georgia, I mean, listen, we knew on paper they were a way better team than LSU. LSU still has a lot to go for until they can get back to you know relevancy they're still a good team on paper they got a big upset this year over alabama but they still need a lot of things to go their way in order to get you know competing with alabama and georgia for the next couple seasons so only time's gonna tell so i want to point out one thing the over under this game was set at 51 georgia scored 50 points by themselves yeah the uh, the over was a lock from day one yeah oh 100 i mean that that's way too low of points yeah like I don't think there's much we could possibly say about Georgia, just that we all kind of saw this coming. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought Georgia and a half points was a lot to cover though for Georgia. I they did end not. Up, uh, um, they end up taking it. I honestly think Georgia in the second half just kind of cruised. I think they knew that the, that game was all theirs. So I feel like that's where a lot of those, you know, where the well, score was like a garbage looks, time. Yeah, I was going to say that's where the score. This was a blowout. This was not even a game. LSU just they got out of the gate really badly, and that's really what what cost yeah. them. They were down third. They were down twenty eight points. I think at one point in this game. Yeah. So uh, Georgia can't, put, can't come back from that. Yeah. I mean, it was uh thirty five to ten at half. Georgia put the fucking brakes on. They weren't going to go out there and overdo themselves. LSU had their chance. They made it an eighteen point game, and they had the ball. No, they could have easily made it a but two possession game. Just, if you look at the first yeah. half, and you look at the second half of Georgia's offense. Oh, yeah, Georgia just ran the ball in the second half. Yeah, they they weren't they weren't yeah. going out there trying to bury him oh. even more than they already had. So I mean, this game was a blow. Yeah, not much to say. Georgia still probably the favorite to win the national championship. Oh, they're absolutely the favorite. That but they have a is, tough matchup. Ohio State will not be a pushover for them. No, Ohio State's actually. I think that's probably going to be the best game. That's probably the best. That's definitely the best game. That's definitely the best. I think it's going to be of the playoff tournament. Yeah, I'd actually agree with Johnson. I think that's the best out of the one four we'll probably ever get. As of yeah, right, I, now. I would have to look back on what one four matches we've had in years no, past. I'm saying it's been snooze fest in, in years past. Yeah. Well, wasn't was no, it wasn't Ohio State, Clemson. Wasn't right? there a Euro Alabama was number four? Um, oh, am I wrong? Yes, that? I think so. I'd have to look at previous college. I think there were three. I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but you know, look. Out of recent memory, this is definitely it. Um, again, we're going to get to a preview later, so like I'm not really going to dissect Can't dive into my, it yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is exactly what I thought Georgia was. Stetson Bennett goes out there and produces in big games. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's an old man, relatively. Yeah, he's definitely an old man. Yeah, he'll be uh, working in. Uh, he'll be working in an office next year, so he qualifies for health insurance. I'll tell you right now. So I'm looking at the previous history. the The first year we had Alabama, Ohio State. Oh, um, that's a good one. Clemson and Oklahoma. I tried the 2015, 2016. Is that Baker? That's, I think that's, that's Baker. Baker. Yeah, that's against Deshaun Watson, right? Yeah. Um, Alabama, Washington. No, thank you. That's a joke. Clemson and Alabama. We had one year. Um, yeah, but LSU, who was the two? T- who was the two that year? That was that was the year. Remember, Gray with uh, Oklahoma, Georgia. Oh 
that was that game that, that, was. that, that, that double what overtime game fucking game that yeah. was we've had some good one and fours this is definitely no, up there but I, I would actually say that this is probably number one in my like well potentially number one we haven't even gotten to the game we have to see where the game goes that's, that's true yeah no, but I'm saying on paper, this is probably this is definitely one. on paper a really good game to watch. It's if you're a college football fan, you can't you know yeah. you can't be angry with this one. I mean, I, I say we continue. Um, Michigan, Purdue, um, Michigan wins. Typical. Everybody, I felt saw that coming. I mean, oh, no, no. well, here's the give thing. Give Purdue though. credit; they kept this game they close going into halftime. But this is exactly what Michigan's been all year, though. Yes, they played. Thank you. I've, I've said that Grayson's right. And I want to bring this up. Michigan has not been a first half team all year. It does not matter if they play Rutgers. It does not matter if they play Purdue. They cannot produce in the first half. And they can't. They got lucky and they kind of figured it out with Ohio State so they could keep up with them. But they've been a second half team all year. Nick, you know, I, I hammered first half and first quarter spread Purdue. It was six and a half and nine and a half points because I knew they were going to cover. Yeah, I told yeah, you to take the over live. And they had. Yeah. Yeah, it's just um, I personally I want the Big Ten to separate Ohio State Michigan. Well, you gotta remember like, with USC and UCLA going to the Big they, Ten, it's gonna potentially bring upon some changes for the conference. Yeah, I don't I, know if they stick with divisions. They could go one big division. I don't know if that would be the right idea, but. That will bring an interesting aspect to that entire conference. Yeah, I, I think just, you should uh, split up the two. Um, you split up UCLA and USC, and then you split up Ohio won't. State and Michigan. They probably well, no, won't, you can't at that rate. You might as well just you might as well overload. Just make one division. Or if you're going to keep two divisions, you just, you overload those two into the West because the West is abysmal. For what I'm hearing, the rumor is, is that Purdue would go to to the division that Michigan's in. Yeah, and then USC and UCLA would go into the West to make the West a little bit better. Yeah, because they need to make the West better. The West has always been a joke. Yeah. It's it's annoying. Even when it was the Lears and the Legends, when they called it that, it was still pretty bad. Because when you sit there, you have Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, and, and Michigan State was a really good team for a while. That was your four big hitters in your conference, all on one side. Like mm. your divisions, like it, it was very unbalanced. It's, I understand why they keep it like that because you have enough. There's way too many rivalries now. Yeah, but they have to find a way to even out to avoid having a game like this. Purdue is a good team, but should Purdue have really been playing for a conference championship? No, probably not. No, and- so it. And it's not a good time for them either because they, you know, we'll get into a little bit later on. Obviously, they are now going to be in search for a new head coach. Yep. Um, But, you know, that's that's the thing where it's just like, I would have rather seen Penn State play them for uh, the conference championship. Like, just somebody else. Yeah, but uh, this is this is Michigan's first back-to-back Big Ten title since 2003 and 2004. Impressive. This was a history-making season for the Wolverines, and they did it all without Blake Corum, who's out for the year. Yeah, like he's out for the year. They did it without Cade McNamara. They had JJ McCarthy start his place all year. Uh, 
Uh, for a season that was kind of doomed from the, I don't want to say doomed from the get go, but had some pretty negative connotations to start. I th- yeah, I think the negativity was is this there was a lot of players you lost from last year's really good season, and you know not a lot of people believed that they were going to go into Columbus and beat Ohio State on the road. Yeah, I don't think uh, they won that game. It. They beat it by double digits. So yeah. listen, Michigan, there was not a lot of faith going into the season, and that was rightly so. But now they're here, and realistically, they've got a shot to win the national championship. Obviously, need to get past TCU first, and then they have an interesting matchup. They would either play Georgia or they would get a rematch with Ohio State. And I mean, imagine a Michigan and Ohio State national championship game. That would be unbelievable ratings, to say the least. Oh, 100%. I, I think the world would kind of explode, kind of like how that Duke North Carolina NCAA tournament game. Like, yeah. some things aren't meant to happen. Like, sure, if I could play during the regular season for the conference, not really for the conference championship, but for the, I guess, the de facto conference championship every year. But if they haven't yeah. played in the college football playoffs, I think the universe would explode. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's. But this goes back to again, where, like, you kind of wish that they played other people in their conference championship. Well, we'll have to see when they, when they yeah. realign with USC and UCLA, will they maybe make it a one big division and have the best two teams just play for the top? I honestly the think title? that's what they should do. I don't know. I, I really think that's I what think they should that's do. What they're doing with the SEC. So yeah. I, well, actually, no, I, I saw the SEC is just going to shift Auburn and Alabama over to, uh, I'm seeing something new that they're going to make it one big division. Okay. I mean, as of, as of a couple days ago, that, but I mean, I also wouldn't be against seeing Auburn and Alabama in the SC East, yeah. Because then you're looking at an absolute gauntlet again. Yeah, East but would be insane. That would also then even out the conference too, though. Mm. Like, not that Georgia. Well, and Alabama, realistically, like, in the East, it's really Georgia, and then you would think Florida, but then Florida every year just exactly listen to the expectations that, that they were that's supposed more to get. of what I'm getting at. It was more of just the fact of. Uh, like Georgia, kind of, you know, every year is going to end up being in and the, the West. SC. It's really Bama and LSU. You're not yeah. really getting much competition out of there. But, Tennessee was a nice get, you know, nice sight to see yeah. in the East at one point. But then A and M and I had their runs. Um, yeah. Since Georgia's gone to the point where they're at right now, where they're just an elite program, you haven't seen much change on that side of the conference. Where on the West. Alabama is normally there, but occasionally you have seen other teams. That, that that's more like why I'm hoping that they go with the the split of moving Auburn and Alabama over to the East. Hmm. That's fair. All right. So with that, I want to head over to the least important championship game of the weekend, and that was the yeah. ACC championship. You had Clemson versus North Carolina, which was a snooze fest from. Probably about the second quarter on. Yeah. Um, Not really I'm much just, noteworthy other than I'm sure Grayson's going to bring it up right now. Oh, 100% on. Um, I'm 100% right where they should have benched Ugalele a long time ago. And you know what? They might be playing for uh, in the playoff had they benched him. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm just saying that. Look at what he did in he this did. game. He did. He had, he had a he had, Klubnik had a great game. I, I'll give him that. So I just did not understand. Like I had preached about 
last week. And was it the week before I also said something? It was definitely last week. But, you know, you had to make a change. I, listen, I think it, I think you, you know have to what? see. The fact that, I'm sorry to cut you off, Nick, but the fact that now DJ Ugalele is transferring shows me even more about this situation. Well, I mean, yeah, he gets benched in the, in, in the second quarter. And gets quarter. outplayed. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't know how to still feel about Klubnik because let's just face facts. North Carolina down the stretch of the season was absolutely was t- abysmal. No, they definitely were not good. But again, he put up a great game. I mean, I'm he not, only had four that, incompletions. I'm, you, I know. What I'm getting at is is that I get it's a good game, but is it a one-game you know, one wonder? I want to see more. That's what I'm getting well, at. Of course, but you could have seen more if they actually played the kids. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. Now, it, uh, this isn't even worth talking I about. Said, I said after the Notre Dame game, they probably should have just they probably should have started Klubnik from there on. Yeah, I mean, Klubnik should have started even before that Notre Dame game. Honestly, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You Either way, I could care less about Clemson. Good. I don't. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this this right. is a mute topic. Yeah, um, I, I agree. This doesn't change anything in the college football the now, Congratulations. Yeah. Now we're getting to what is probably the biggest news when it comes to a coaching hire I could remember, honestly. Like, uh, Kelly moving to LSU was big, but I think this is not only just more important for, uh, I guess, a division uh, conference that's losing two of their most prominent members, um, or just a step up for a guy that people should have wanted and should have threw the bag at. Um, Dion Primetime Sanders going to coach at Colorado. What the fuck happened here? How the hell of all schools is Colorado where he ends up? I can't believe. With all these coaching jobs available this, this year, that is definitely not where I expected him to end up. Well, I'm going to break this up, and I'm going to say one thing, and I think this makes sense. Deion Sanders wanted to go to a place where he could completely start fresh. And I mean hard reset. He could fire every single coach and assistant. He can almost get rid of the entire roster. The school almost has no expectations right now when it comes to football. This is probably the only Power 5 team that he could go to. And have this be possible. So it's going to be like his own personal sandbox right now. That's fair. Um, I mean, I don't know if everybody else has noticed, but he's already signing people like crazy out of the mm-hmm. portal. He is on a tear. They ha- He hasn't even been coached for a weekend. He's got, what, three top five recruits well, coming there? Yeah, he's got a five-star prospect. Winston Watkins is only 15 currently, but he was one of the most highly touted prospects in the game, and he's already plus, committed to Colorado. Travis plus Hunter. Plus Deion's son is coming over. Yeah, he's going to be the new starting quarterback. I mean, like, he had found a way to rejuvenate a program in under a week. Well, I will say, this would not happen if the new transfer uh, transfer rules did not take place. Transfer portal is a, has been a very yeah, big I mean, plus. It's been a blessing and a curse. 
It's. I think it's a curse. You I really curse? don't like. I don't like it in college football personally. I don't yeah, like. Yeah, because I, I see where Grayson's coming from because it kind of gets rid of the loyalty behind yeah. the schools. Hundred percent. Everybody's chasing the bag. Yeah, right but now. think of it this way: you're the, the some of these schools. You when you're recruiting at some of these schools, you're meeting the coaches and stuff like that, and then eventually they get fired. So why would so, you want to stay at so that, at that I'm university? I'm glad you mentioned that, Nick. I think they should have amended it if your coach gets fired. Let's say, like in a Colorado. You could transfer yeah. without penalty. Agreed. I think if a coaching staff gets fired, you should be able to transfer. But other than that, oh, I'm not getting playing time. Let me leave. That's fine. I understand you want to get out of there, but I don't think you should be awarded to play immediately. I'm trying to think of what was the coach that just got fired recently and wanted they lost a high like a top recruit. Um, wait, because of uh, that. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Um. I can't think of it, but at, I'll I'll look it up. At the end of the day, though, I actually agree with Johnson. It's not, it's unfair to. I even would say a coach because, like, I hate to go with this reference, but I mean West Virginia is a shit show. But like West Virginia yep. lost a couple guys to like bigger name schools because of the NIL deal, and because then they're able to go play immediately. Like, I just, I don't like that aspect of where college football is at. Or just college, college athletics in general. I, oh, I think it was Stanford. It might have been. What I like is a guy that I commit to that school, loyalty. Like, most of, most of the players now. I mean, what? Play on what's on front of a jersey, not on what's back. Exactly. I, I'm, I mean, I think it was, Half the players in college football have been in the transfer portal. I think I was re- I heard a stat somewhere where it was like over five hundred or a, like seven hundred players have been in the transfer portal. That's insane. Like, the, there's got to be a way to where the NCAA steps in and they have to fix this. So I think to summarize it, this is a pretty big hire and it's a great hire oh, to Colorado. Massive. Uh, Deion Sanders is going to be able to turn that program around immediately. Hey, within two years, you might see him in the college football playoffs. I don't know about that. Oh, uh, no, no, no. With the expanded playoffs? With the expanded playoffs? I still, at the same time, I still think it's a first off, I don't think it's that hard to get to 12. I, I'm not saying it's not hard I'm to get to 12. I just think it's going to be tough to. That's I mean, a lot to do in two years. You got to remember, he's, they won one game this season. Yeah. Yeah, but now it's a full. Like I said, he's going to be able to build this from scratch. Yeah, yeah it's going to be his own which team. makes it even harder because not only is he got to build it from scratch. Now he's, he's division better, one. Yeah, he's playing better opponents. Granted, again, I don't like the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 is still better than what he was playing. Two, he had a. Ro- it's not like his roster was like, oh, we went, you know, six and whatever, and you know, we just want to change. This was a fucking travesty of a team. Yeah, and the, it, it, like you said, because they're all good, the vast majority of them got transferred out, and the ones that remain probably aren't even going to start. But my point is, is that he's got now he has to find a way to get possibly twenty two starters. I think you'll see some of these people not transfer because he because there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of players that are going to want to play for him. Yeah, oh, 100%. Who wouldn't want to play for Deion Sanders? I mean, That's I why would. you're seeing all these guys already committing to Colorado. Ooh. 
Yeah, but again, then on top of all that, top of getting the talent, you have to get them to gel together. And then on top of that, the playbook, the, the there's so much that goes I'm into- aware. This is also college. This isn't the NFL. It's easier bit- to take over like a Division two, Division three, and rebuild yeah. them quickly. Like, Division one is a it's that's a lot because you're also making your own schedule. I don't know who Dion and them are going to schedule because yeah, the non conference. You got to remember but, their non conference is probably already signed all the way up until 2025. It might, be, it might not be. I don't know. Oh no, it's definitely it signed up for 2025. Yeah. Okay. So and Colorado wasn't going to schedule gonna... themselves crazy games because they were shit. Get ready. So, f- get ready for the Affleck Bowl in 2026, Colorado yeah. and Alabama. <laughs> I, oh, just, I can't wait. Affleck's going to have a field day promoting that oh, game. 100%. Right. So, Nick, do you want to touch upon any of the other major coaches, coaching changes that happened in the, uh, in the past um, week or so? I mean, there was two other coaching changes, realistically, that happened in college football. A bit, uh, one that was really kind of head-scratching was Trent Dilfer going yeah, to be the new head coach at UAB. I thought I was seeing things when I first saw this news being broke, but he is the new coach of the UAB Blazers. They're coming off a 6-6 six and six season. I believe they are in a bowl game for this upcoming season. So, Dilfer takes over a team that, you know, recently won the Conference USA title in 2018 and in 2020. So, they have a chance to maybe get back to winning the Conference USA championship. I don't know. Chad Dilfer's only coaching experience is currently at um, Lipscomb Academy in Tennessee, who's playing for a state championship. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see how he does in college. I'm not sure realistically there's anything you could really discuss about it because we don't know what Trent Dilfer is as a coach. Well, I'm going to say this is – personally, I think this is off the success of Dion, why they're doing this. Yeah, but at least Dion coached in, in co- some capacity in college. Uh, fair enough, but, I mean, you see it now more than ever. I mean, to the NFL, Jeff Saturday gets a job – yeah, that, okay, that no, one. That's man. because he but, was Jim Irsay's no, golf well, buddy. That's a whole other no, situation. But, what I'm, but I'm saying, no, I, general, I, know what he, I know what he's saying. I know. What he's I'm saying. saying guys that just don't really have coaching experience, either are getting, you know, yeah, had coaching jobs. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like this is NBA, but Steve Nash going to the Nets. Exactly. Like there's just plenty of times where it's just like they just hand it to him and see. Hey, for UAB specific, or I'm not uh, for UAB. What do you have to lose? Yeah. You're not in a Power 5 conference. It's not like you're competing for a national championship. They're just competing to, you know, win a conference championship, which is a big issue. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like you're you're looking for that guy that's going to drive your program to a national championship. Yeah. You could say it all you want, but they're realistic. They know that they're not in national championship hopes. So what's the risk? If you get lucky and Trent Dilfer is that good of a coach, he gets you a 10 win, 10 win season. That 10 win season pays them. That's better for the university. That's more eyes on the university. Yeah, this you is a what? very low risk, high reward move exactly. from UAB. It's kind of how the same with the, the next team. I mean, Tom Herman, now the new head coach at Florida Atlantic. I mean, Herman hasn't coached in, I believe, two years now. The last time he was coaching was at Texas in 2020. He was with the Chicago Bears last season um, as an offensive analyst for them. It hasn't coached this entire year, but is now the head coach at Florida Atlantic. Um, Listen, on record, 
he has a very good, you know, percentage. You know, he had some great years at Houston. Got Texas to a Sugar Bowl win at one point in 2018. Last two years at Texas were all right, but weren't great up to the standards that Texas were hoping for. But he goes to Florida Atlantic and now tries to help them potentially get back to the years of when they had Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I. it's literally just the – it's the same situation as Delfer, except you're getting a coach with experience instead of a – you know, a rookie head coach. But I will say, too, though, uh, this is where Dilfer, I feel like, is more of just a, oh, we'll look and see. I think this is more of a, I think Herman's looking more for a bigger-time job, in his opinion. I think oh, he's like, remember, he, oh, wasn't, well, he, me... he wasn't coaching this entire year, so no. he, he just he just gets a job. Yeah. They're just going no, but... off of what his old experience was. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is, for a guy that's, at least coached. I'm He's coached, coached in, a, in a power five. He's trying yeah. to maybe potentially get back there. Exactly. But exactly where I was trying to get at. Where Dilfer is more of like a, oh, let's see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's fair. That's fair. And then the, the news that broke today, I mean, it's a big one for Louisville. They hire former, uh, now, now I guess you could say former head coach uh, Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom went to the University of Louisville, played quarterback for them. He led Purdue to the Big Ten Championship this year, had that crazy upset in 2018 over Ohio State. He now goes to Louisville, help tries to potentially make them a contender in the ACC. But that's going to be an interesting move for them. And for Purdue, it's really a big-time loss. And now really we'll have to find out where they go from here and who they hire to try to keep themselves relevant. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of a scumbag move. Uh, I yeah, but he went to this uni- He went to the uh, university. That's fair. He has just, ties already. I understand what you what you what you're getting at though. Like, you literally just played for a Big Ten championship. Not that yeah. I'm proud, but you know, you just went and played for a Big Ten championship, and then you're just going to leave for. It's not like you went for a better job. You downgraded, like. You went to fucking Louisville. Well, I mean, listen, he could, he could, he changed the program at Purdue for the better. Maybe he could do the same for Louisville. I just, I don't see why he didn't just stick it out. See if he could get Purdue to that next level. Unless he is really I think wasn't it's just confident. The, I think it's I just think the it was, nostalgia. I think I just honestly getting think the coach. Was, he wasn't too confident with what he had coming in. Well, I mean, you're also in the Big Ten. I don't think you really can be too confident in that conference. The way the ACC is right now, I mean, listen, Clemson. It's wide open. It's, it's wide open. It's realistically Clemson, and then anyone could realistically win it after that. I personally think it's wide open. I mean, sure, but Clemson's still the best team in that conference, whether they're good or not. That's obvious. That's the obvious. That's fair. But before we get into our favorite, you know, discussions of the week, I want to talk about one big thing that happened. And that is that the college football playoff is finally going to expand to 12 teams. And it's going to start in the 2024 season. Now, the thing that was holding this up was the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl was willing to let, you know, the college football playoff be a part of their game. But they would have had to, you know, let the Big Ten and the Pac-12 not have their annual game every season. Like we're going to have this season with Utah and Penn State. So that was realistically the thing that was holding up college football playoff not um, expanding 
for and you know was delaying it to potentially 2026 maybe. Um, the reason why the Rose Bowl was hesitant is because they wanted to keep their uh, broadcast time at twelve uh, two o'clock, I should say. So the parties were able to agree on it. Now, because of that, the college football playoff is going to expand to twelve teams. So a lot more chances for some of these big time schools to get into the college football playoff and potentially win a national championship. What are you guys' thoughts about it? I don't like. I think it. it should happen this year. I don't like it. <laughs> We got we got different opinions. I mean, that's good I, though. Uh, Grace, you can go first. I really don't like it. I think twelve is too damn many. Um, you're going to end up rewarding a team that. Keep in mind, we, if it was this year, Tulane would have made the college football exactly. playoffs. That's God. But that's that exactly why Johnson likes it because he's a clown. But you know. You're going to reward a team like what Washington or potentially Florida State? Like, no, no, it, absolutely so, fucking. So I see not. where Grayson's I, coming from. Yeah, as as a as somebody that has watched college football borderline my entire life, I understand the four. Okay, you know sometimes you know in years past you had teams that got stiffed, you know. Got screwed out of it. Cool. Eight would have been my backs. You know, you can't go further than that, in my opinion. Like, the 12 is just... How are they going to really divide this correctly? Uh, so, how they do is this it is... Is it going to be the top four get buys? The top four will all get buys, and it'll be 5, 12, 6, 11... Um, Seven and ten, and then eight and nine will play each other. That's ridiculous. So, so now, in reality, now you're forcing teams to have a bye week, so they're not going to play from the conference championship, right? All the way now, because the college football playoff starts in January, base or Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. So you're going to gap a whole month. Then give them a bye week on top of that, they have to change their scheduling. I'm pretty this sure they are. Start, this has to start like the week before Christmas. Because if they don't, that's. But then it also screws up the whole. Oh, well, teams get a month to prepare. It, I fucking hate it. So I could I see why Grayson hates. I would have personally went with ten and have only had the first one and two seeds get by, get uh, get buys. That's how I would personally ran it. I would have had seeds two for ten, play a game and see the first two seeds get a buy. I think that would have been the uh, the fairest way to do it and to really not dilute the talent pool because that would prevent a team like Washington, like you said, getting or or Tulane, which I like to see get in, but that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, but it would, it would have teams like Alabama get in and the Kansas State. It's all types. for money. It's all yeah. for money. But, but this, thing, this it also makes about... bowl games legitimate again. For the longest time, no one has cared about the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl has not meant anything since the college football playoffs have began. I disagree. I still enjoy watching the Rose Bowl every year. But it means significantly less now because the Rose Bowl used to be one of those games like, oh, you have to watch this. But now it's not the it's not the college football. Yeah, but playoffs. that's because college football playoffs did that to them. I would. I, yeah, so it gives I those like bowl the games BCS, meaning again. I like the BCS idea of two teams. I just did not like the BCS system. To me, it gives like, bowl games more legitimacy. 
Oh, you want bowl games to have legit legitimacy? Go back to the two teams. That's it. No, because, because I still think you don't. Ha- you wouldn't have these top players but, still playing. Hold on. You'd have them sit out still. But hold on, Johnson. So say in theory now with twelve teams, right? So if the four get by, so you're gonna watch Alabama play Washington. I'm not watching that. Well, we already watched that in the college football but, playoff at one point. Nick, what I'm saying is, like, do I really want to watch Utah versus Kansas State? Not really. Like, th- your argument of, oh, well, it makes them more relevant. Yes, but also no, because who the hell wants to watch some of these matchups? Like, I mean, listen, for all we know, the this is, this is playoffs could become like a mini NCAA tournament. Going what I was, so this is what I was just about to say, and I'm glad you brought that up. It's kind of like an NCAA tournament. Who really wants to watch some of the mid-majors play a Power 5 when you watch the NCAA tournament? Who wants to see Iona play Indiana or St. Mary's play Indiana? Most of the time, you don't want to watch that game, but you watch it because it's the NCAA tournament. But that's a different story, too, because those teams also aren't... Look, you're talking about mid-majors. How many conferences are there in college basketball? Uh, a lot. What, like 15? Probably closer to 30. Oh, 30. Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's 360 plus Division One teams. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Of course you have. And, but again, those are different scenarios where college football, you're watching, you have the opportunity to watch Borland every team every week. These mid-majors, a lot of people don't know about them. And they surprise a ton. When I watch college football, you know every week matters. It's not like college basketball where, like, you have good mid-major teams. The The majority of the lower tier, like, outside of the top 10 or top 8 even, is not – they're not good teams. You, I can't compare those two. And I, personally, I don't watch a 16 versus a 1. Or a two versus a fifteen. The two versus was, fifteen is a very slept on matchup. But that's it, had some I'll, very I'll great upsets over the years. I'll I'll agree with you there. They've had great upsets, but am I going to sit there on in the middle of the day and watch a two versus a fifteen? No, oh, I would. Well, you're you're also a basketball. You're more of a basketball guy. You love I love college basketball, but I don't love it like that. So you want? So I'm looking at like what the format would be for the playoff. They're saying the model would be the first game would be played the week ending of Saturday, December 21st. Then the first round's played the second or third weekend of December on that Friday or Saturday, which gives the teams at least 12 days between the conference championship and the first round of the playoff. Uh-huh. Then the quarterfinal and the semifinal games would be played between the remaining teams on their site. And it would be scheduled around New Year's Day, so likely January 1st and 2nd, probably for those games. Then the semifinals would kick off a week later um, on a Thursday or Friday because that would be after Thursday night football is over, so it wouldn't conflict with the NFL. And then the championship would be January 20th or January 19th, something like that. So you're basically trying to push football all the way. But then again, you're fighting with playoff football. Well, no, because they would do it day on days that there isn't playoff football. They'd be doing it on Fridays and Thursdays and Mondays. But who the fuck wants to sit? 
then you're ruining your viewership too. Because I mean, what, what, Grayson, you're going to answer your own question. When is the college football uh, championship played every year? What day? It's a Monday, and yeah. that's very fair. But what I'm saying is, when you're going to have this long of a tournament, there's a difference when it's one game. I could suffer through one game on a Monday, but when you're talking about now, there's how, how many matchups are they going to be in? One, uh, eight. Eight. You're talking eight games. But it's not like, all going to be on one day. But I understand that. But you're talking weekdays. Like, I feel like that's bad for viewers. I mean, it would be Friday and Saturday. That's what the games are doing. You literally just said Thursdays and Mondays. Yes, yeah, Monday would be the national championship game, like usual. And then there will be a game on a Thursday after Thursday night football is over. I don't know. I just, I just don't like this. I don't like it from the start. I will never like it. It is just not something I think is smart. Moral of the story, Grayson doesn't like fun. Anyway. It's not that I don't like fun. I just don't see the point of having these subpar teams. Man, I can't wait until within like three years, some team like Tulane wins wins a national championship as an I'm going to have a stroke. I'm going to have a fucking stroke. I ain't going to say that. but I can't wait. (laughs) UCF finally gets their national championship. All right. All right. Now now we're getting out of fucking hand. If John Johnson, I'm telling you, if one of those fucking teams win a national championship, I'm blowing a gasket. Oh, that'd be one of the greatest day in college football history. That would be the last time I watched college football. I will literally stop watching college football. Well, I think with that being said, let's get that one. Favorite, favorite part of the show. Let's make our picks, and we're going to start with Ohio State and Georgia. Uh, first game, big, big matchup, the one versus Ugh. the four seed in this college football playoff. Who wants to start us off? Just give me uh, over. I'm not going to – you go like Grayson. So Georgia is six-and-a-half point favorites, and the over is 61-and-a-half. You're going to take that over, Nick? I'm taking the over 100%. 61-and-a-half. Georgia put a 50 by itself. By itself. Yeah, I'm definitely going with the over. Okay. But I'd actually even consider Georgia minus alternate spread, probably like three, three and a half. I, I think this is going to be a really tight game. So I would. So if I was you, Ben, you think they're going to win by three and a half. You think Ohio State would definitely cover then, right? Oh, 100%. So why don't they Ohio also, State plus six and a half? Be, the reason why I won't. Because I could still easily see Ohio State getting blown out. Okay. So to save save myself from then, if it is a close game, I still have Georgia. And I'm still getting more money than if I took that money line. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be fair. Um, that's an okay analysis. Uh, I, I can't really fault you for that. I'm going to take Georgia minus six and a half. I think they're going to beat Alabama. I beat Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. I, I want Alabama in the playoffs. They should be the four seed instead. Anyway, uh, I think they're going to destroy Ohio state. I think it'll be a close game, but I think Georgia wins by touchdown. Okay. Yeah, it's that. I definitely see it that way. I just feel like Ohio state, is going to come out hungry as yeah, all hell. I agree. I think it'll be a close game for the first three quarters and the fourth quarter. Georgia will put their defense on and their offense will start clicking a little bit more efficiently once they have some time to let the nerves settle a little bit. And the fourth quarter, they'll probably beat. Uh, that's where the game will be won. It might be a tie game going into the fourth, but I think Georgia will probably end up winning by a touchdown or maybe even two by the time the, uh, the fourth quarter is over. 
definitely a fair analysis. All right, and let's get into our two three matchup. Uh, TCU and Michigan. Michigan seven and a half point favorites over under at fifty nine and a half. Who wants to start us off? Um, I'm taking I'm taking TCU with the points. Michigan's first halves, they've been able to escape. I feel like TCU might be offensively good enough to give them the – not even just keep up. Give them a big enough gap to where they might be able to – Pull it off? Yeah. Okay. But to be safe, I'm going to take the points. Yeah, no. If they're going to give you the points for a – uh, if you think a team's capable of winning and they're seven and a half point uh, underdogs, I would definitely take the points still. Okay. And Nick, your prediction, please. I will take the under. Under? Any reason? Um, every time I take a TCU over, most of the time it goes under. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say one thing. The, the other, other thing I'll say is Michigan, I think their defense will be able to contain this TCU de- uh, offense, but TCU will also, you know, keep it close. But I think Michigan's just too much. I don't think TCU has really played a team like this. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to take the over. I'm going to completely fade you, Nick. No offense. That's fair. I don't blame uh, you. This is a big 12 team we're talking about at the end of the day. And like Grayson said, Michigan in the first half is not good. So I could easily see this first half being like 21-21, and then you just really need 18 points uh, combined in the second, third and fourth quarters to get there. So I'm going to bank on a combination of Michigan kind of blowing it in the first half and uh, TCU kind of stepping up up to the plate because Michigan is not a first-half uh, first team, as Grayson said. So I'm going to take the over, and that's, uh, that's my logic behind it. Okay. All right, let's go to our next game. Uh, one of those patented bowl games that no one cares about anymore. Alabama versus Big Twelve no, champions. I'll be watching. This. Everyone, everyone likes the New York Six no, Bowls. This will be a, the New York Six Bowls are probably the only bowl games worth watching nowadays. But they still. But they were. They it. always were the only bowl games worth watching. Unless your team's in the game, that's <laughs> that's always how it's been. Yeah, but not for the last couple of years. No, it's basically always how it's been. I mean, listen, if TCU, Michigan, 2-3, Ohio State, 1-4, they're more than New York Six Bowls at this point. But, okay, whatever. Anyway. What's the line? Anyways, Alabama, minus 4, over under 54.5. That's Alabama, what should be in the college football playoffs, uh, versus Kansas State Big 12 champions. Uh, I'm taking Kansas State money line. Kansas State money line, okay. So you think they're going to... Not only cover, but win outright. Yeah, uh, Alabama's fraudulent. Okay. Um, and that can't have be they your, announced if can't be Bryce Young's going to play? Okay, thank you. At least you said that. You, they haven't said if he's going to play. Will Anderson also and I might severe, not play, so I don't know. I severely doubt both of them play. So that's just ammo on top of the fact that I think Kansas State. Is, uh, is Bryce Young playing? That's what he just said. literally just. Oh God, I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. Boy. Listen, I thought anyway, you said someone else for a second there, and I'm, I'm gonna, I got confused. I'm just gonna make my pick so that Johnson can get his head out of his ass. I'm gonna take Alabama money line either way, despite if Young plays or not. Yeah, I don't know what you said. I was trying to decipher it, probably because I'm a little low right here. I can't really hear. Yeah, uh, are you so, high right now? Do you ever get nervous? As as a good person once said, "Roll tide." They're gonna yeah. win. 
So you take an Alabama money line or I'm minus four? Money line. I don't care if Bryce Young plays or not. They're still winning. Okay. So I'm going to say this is going to come down to coaching, and I think Nick Saban is a much better coach. Uh, Alabama's obviously. Alabama's defense is going to carry them no genius. matter what. So I'm going to take Alabama minus four. Shout out Brian Schmidt and let roll tide. Let's give Alabama a not a storybook <laughs> ending. But a decent ending. They should be in the college football playoffs. That's that was the highest take of the year. I'm taking coaching, and obviously Nick Saban's the better coach. <laughs> I never, never would have known that. Listen, listen. If you are a genius, listen, listen. I'm just that's kind of stating the obvious, but that's my logic. No, what am I just gonna say? Alabama minus four. Why? Not what am I not gonna tell you? Um, I'm. You could have told me without telling me that Nick Saban's been one of the best coaches in college football over the last like fifteen years. I'm not saying like that's some sort of like I discovered fucking electricity or some shit over here. You kind of sound like it, Nick. Back me up with that. I'm gonna just transition to the next game because my brain hurts from this entire conversation. I'm going to the next game. Let's say Tennessee and Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Clemson is a minus seven favorite. Over under is sixty four. Go ahead, whoever wants to take it first. Um. This is relatively an easy game. I'm taking Tennessee, even though they haven't been great. Money line. Um, Money line. Clemson's horrible. That's a uh, that's quite a pick there. Tennessee, it's it's Clemson minus seven. So it'll give you seven points, but you're that confident in uh, yeah. I just I just I don't think they're gonna actually be able to win. Okay. Um, so I'm going to agree with you, but I'm going to take Tennessee plus seven. I think Tennessee will win this game because Clemson is not good, even though Hendon Hooker is out. Uh, I'm still going to take Tennessee here because I don't think – I think Clemson's in a little bit too much. I, you know, actually, hold on. Before – is Jalen Hyde playing this game? I don't know. They haven't, they haven't I don't think it's been yet. announced. They haven't announced anything yet. It, it's too, know, early. It's too early. The game's on the, on the third yet. No, I, I'm, I'm wrong with it. I'm I'm going to take Tennessee plus seven here. I think they'll win the game outright, but they're going to give me seven points, and it's still going to be uh, probably minus 105 or minus 110 odds. I'm going to take the points here. I'm going to say Tennessee plus seven. I don't care if Hendon Hooker is out. I'm going to say Tennessee's defense puts the clamps on Clemson. It's a team that uh, their starting quarterback for the entire year isn't even there anymore. So it, it's a team. These are two teams without quarterbacks right now. And I'm so, going to say Clemson's defense holds so it down. So you trust I'm sorry, the defense Tennessee's to give up 63 points? A couple weeks ago, uh, listen, lapses happen. Lapses happen. That's a big uh, lapse. Yeah, it was like the one lapse all year. Yeah, well, since you both took Tennessee, I think I'm more inclined now to take Clemson money line. So give me Clemson money line. That's not even a fun bet. Ooh, it's not even fun. You're taking the you're taking the fi- touchdown favorite money line. All right, fine. Give me Clemson minus seven. Clemson minus seven. Sure. Go right That's ahead. Give, like me, give me Clemson minus seven. I don't like Tennessee since Tennant Hooker got hurt. That's obviously not a bold statement to say the least. I don't care. Clemson is, a, I think, gotten back on track. I think Klubnik will have a good game again. I don't trust Tennessee's defense. Okay, so I like that. So let's go over to Penn State and Utah now. Penn State, Utah, Utah, two and a half point favorites. Uh, over under is at 52. Who wants to start us off? Um, oh god, I'm probably leaning towards Utah. 
but I, yeah, um, I'm taking Utah money line. Penn State is just the, no, just a no, no, just a no, just a no. I, honestly, I I don't really like Penn. I don't like Penn State. I think Game Franklin's a fraud. Um, he's been robbing money from that school for long enough. Uh, they they don't do anything that excites me. Utah at least has played some pretty big games, competed, you know, did me the greatest favor of all time and got rid of that bum, uh, Caleb Williams. And so biggest fraud of all time. In Lincoln Riley. Everyone hear the salt in his voice. All right. All right. Let's speed this up. Nick, give me your, uh, I don't need you to go uh, give your, uh, your memorandum over here. I don't need you to write a manifesto about how much you hate these people. Nick, let me give get, give me your picks. You want a manifest? You know what? We should do an episode of my manifesto. No, of people no, I no. hate college okay, football. All our listeners. Uh, <laughs> I will take Utah uh, money line and the over in this game. Um, simple. Uh, I don't trust Sean Clifford. I don't trust either defense. So I'm very happy about both of these picks. Will it hit? Probably not. No, my luck. I mean, hey, we, you've been pretty good. Um, no, they call, they call me the Jekyll and Hyde of um of sports talks and sports betting. So, well, I mean, you had take a, everything you had I a, take, you had a below average, result. above average, below average when it comes to college football. Now you're due for the cycle to hit above average, so you're probably right this week. I don't know. I'm not confident in any of my picks. I'm just uh, I'm letting everyone know right now. So I'm going Penn State only because I hate the Pac-12, and I think Utah is going to be kind of riding high from that championship. I think they've already had their celebration for the year, and I think Penn State is still playing for something. And ironically, I think they're going to play for the, uh, for the bowl game, so I think they're going to want it more. So I'm taking Penn State minus two and a half. I can't believe I'm taking Penn State here. Are you taking alternate? You're going Penn State minus two and a half. Yeah, I'm taking Penn State minus two and a half because the alternate spread over here. Not only do I think they win, I think they win by a field goal. Okay. And then we'll go on to the final game. We have the Cotton Bowl, USC in Tulane. I'll take this over. Tulane money line. Tulane money. Wow. Hold on. So you, you just absolutely hate and ab- you just hate on Tulane. Now you can take him over no, USC. No, he hates USC more. That's the reasoning. That's hilarious. He hates USC more than he hates power. Because he uh, hates uh, Lincoln power, Riley uh, and Caleb that's... Williams. Yeah. Okay. Well, well now, uh, I'm, well, now I'm heated because I wanted to take Tulane. Well, I'm just going to take the over because uh, – one, it's the Pac-12, and two, it's going to be now in Power 5. So uh, the offense will score here. I'm just going to take the over. I don't know who's going to win. I've had to take against probably USC. Uh, they'll have a bounce back win, but I'm not going to take minus two or money line or anything. I'm just going to take the over here at over 62. I was actually going to say, I just like the way Tulane's played all year. Even though I shit on them, I just don't trust oh, I, I love Tulane. How can you so, not cheer for a program like that? Yeah, I- that's more of a who I want to win pick than <laughs> my uh, where my uh, brain's really telling me to go. But my heart's pushing me to Tulane, so uh, we ride. All right. Uh, give me USC to win. Uh, I'm not happy about the pick now. And uh, uh, screw it. I, you know what? I don't even care. Give me the under two. So you're going to fade both me and Grayson here. Hit Absolutely. Mute. All right. So we have Fade God over here. Book up with Trent with us live on the podcast. No, no one wants to, no one wants to be that dude. 
I think you do. No, no, there's a difference. You fade him. You could fade me, but we gotta remember who also is picking alongside me. In that, yeah, situation. I have a question. Is G the G money place any bets on any of this? Not yet, no but he will. Is okay. uh, we still have so, weeks? We still have weeks to go before these so games happen. Give so. me his picks an hour before he does them. I'll fade him. I'll be rich. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'll be rich. You better honestly. You might have to round robin all of them though, because he hits like he'll hit like three or four or uh, five of six. He's the king of that. Well, we'll have to see what happens. I mean, a great college bowl season is here to stay. College football playoff is going to be definitely interesting between Georgia and Ohio State and Michigan and TCU. What will happen in the next couple of weeks, we'll have to find out. But that is going to do it for the All Gas No Breaks show. We'll have to see what is going to go down between all these teams and these New Year's Six Bowls and the college football playoff. Who will be the national champion at the end of the day? Only time will tell. Once again, I am Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy G. Marino with the All Gas No Breaks Sports Show.